And God wants your faith to go over and above the ceiling. God wants you to grow to the statue of Jesus. And if you look into the statue of Jesus, he's not fit into this building. Pray. He never said one time. He never said one minute. He said, pray until it happens. It is a battlefield, my friend. You're going to do something that you have never planned. You're going to lay hands on somebody that it looks impossible. Yet God is going to say, that is what I like. Today's sermon is part one of a three-part series entitled, The Healing Power of God, by our special guest speaker, Miguel Escobar, founder and director of Terra Globe Ministries International, a ministry called to activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit so signs and wonders become a normal way of living for every believer. Good morning to everyone. Buenos dias. Wow, everybody speaks Spanish here. God is good. I'm truly, truly honored and impressed by the PR that you have done on my name. I got to get a trademark on that. Rhonda, so good to see you. Bless you. Well, uh, I've been waiting as well for this day with great expectation. I, I do believe, honestly, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. We are going to see what God made us as a promise. May not be my way. It might be somebody else, not somebody else's way, but it would be God's way. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And I've been searching and I've been asking God, uh, how do we penetrate and see that your glory is available to us? I was about maybe... May not even converted yet, or if I was, it was very in my early beginning. And I called my mother, I'm in New York, and my mom is in Chile. And I called my mom, and my mom speak to me with a very fragile voice. He says, son, last night I had a heart attack. Somehow, something came inside of me. And I said, and my mom later, later, she told me, my voice changed. And I said, mom, get a new heart. My mom could not understand my tone of voice. But next day, she went to see the medical doctor. And the doctor said that she had a brand new heart. Amen. Surprise. I now begin to realize that we have a tremendous command in our voice. We have tremendous authority as we speak. So I want to say thank you to God for bringing that attention into my heart. I'm so thankful today of many things that Jesus, it is whom he said he is. I'm not changed. He loves you and loves me. I have with me always my wife and Sacha that have been tremendous support. God used them as well in the ministry in, in many ways. But I have with me also my friend from Asia, T.F. Lim. And I want to greet him. Thank you for being with us, my friend. We love you. He keeps doing work all over the world. And God is using him in many, many healing. But also I have a new friend, Sister 
uh, Robin Vinson. Uh, she was very, very ill, and today she's very, very well. Amen. Wow. This is the idea. God opened my understanding. Allow me to comprehend how can I do better in my life. How, what am I missing, Father God? I always have said, it's not that God is not doing what he said he was promised us to do. It's how much I understand what is God doing in my life. I just don't know. So that really concerns me because it's my lack of understanding that does not allow me to really get all the benefits from God. 7,000 promises. And sometimes we just don't know it. We just don't get it. That's why I think this is a very important stage. If I come to you today to tell you a few things what really impacted my life. Let me go back even to Chile. When God began to work in our church in Chile, and I have not really pointed as much as I have now, it became with a healing ministry. It was probably, I will say without exaggerating, more than half of the population of our churches took it seriously and they brought healing into the city. Amen. They pray and pray and pray. Not expecting a spectacular manifestation. Not expecting anything but believing. That when you say it and you believe in God, it will be done. Sometime I want to get something very spectacular. But God does not need that. We like it. I want to see things spectacular. God is fed up with that. He wants to see you in action believing. So a church began to grow and it became a normal, normal, normal things. To the point that the medical doctors in the city have been the best, I guess, recruiters for the church. Because they said infinite times, hey, listen, you're about to die. So why don't you go to that church and die in that church? I heard that some people get healed. Doctors who are not believers. So the noise that we are about to make is going to go through the walls into the ears of the non-believers. And they will have to recognize that God is doing something in the church. Not just pure noise. Is also the evidence that people can get healed, restored, and revived. So we had people come into church. Doctors have said, you got a week, you got a two weeks to live. And as soon as they crossed the door at the entrance of the building, God healed them. There was nobody praying. We have to bring the glory of God to the atmosphere of the church. When you come, you are going to release. If God is in you, as deeper as it should be, it must come out of you. So when you come to church, we're going to begin to release that glory. Yeah, sometimes we pray, sometimes we don't. But I'm, I'm going to today emphasize the fact 
that God is still healing people. That God is in action. That God has not made any changes whatsoever about the love for his people. So that brought an incredible growth. You see, the missionary, Mr. Hoover, an American citizen that gave his life in Chile, by now two maybe generations have come out of his uh, changing nationality. He became a Chilean. He was taken to court for practicing medicine without license. Because he was a medical doctor here in the United States. But he goes over to Chile and he realized that over and above his medical practice it was God. And the miracle performed while he exercised the beginning of his ministry is still today amazing. Amazing. There was one gentleman who came blind, mute, and deaf. And everybody was so impressed. He came forward and God restored him completely. And he became part of the news. And he became part of the system. But again, the world, the world will not necessarily automatically accept it. But we know, we know that we got something that nobody else has. We got something that nobody else has. We have the power and the glory of God that we can use it and change the world. We are called to change the world. We don't know it sometimes. We, we just don't know it. And I'll tell you why we have this incredible kind of a opposition. Let me go back to uh, the churches that I had been as well in other parts of the world. It become miracles. Miracles. Indonesia, such a, an incredible large church. I heard one testimony. One guy told his wife, one man said to his wife, I don't believe in that evangelist. Evangelists, they tend to amplify things too much. Because that's what I think the job of the evangelist. But anyhow, he goes and see, I'm going to find me a blind person that I want to make sure that he's blind. And I will take it to the speaker when he finishes speaking. He found the blind man. It's a big crowd taken to the man. When the man prayed, nothing happened. And he go to his wife and say, see, I told you. This preacher preached something that is not real. And the wife looked at him and said, well, okay, let me tell you what I want you to do. You pray. <laughs> the man's ego came very high. He said, no, well, if you are a man, because he was a gang leader, if you are a man, pray. I don't know how to do it. Well, but you are a very strong man, right? Okay. Well, somehow, whatever he said, God gave him two new eyes. Not a preacher, not a believer. See, God is God. And God wants your faith to go over and above the ceiling. God wants you to grow to the statue of Jesus. And if you look into the statue of Jesus, he's not fit into this building. He does not fit into the world. It's way over and above the sky. That is the statue of Christ. Now he... He opened his eye and he said, wait, wait, what happened? I need to take him and to have him to witness now. He was blind and now he see. So I believe sincerely that we have a battle. We need to make sure that we, we, we are agents to break down the strongholds of Satan in the city. 
We had been commissioned by God. We had been given by God his grace to do more, more than we have ever done. We are limiting ourselves, whatever we do. And we, we have such an amazing power. I look onto the life of Elijah in chapter 19. God has asked him, what are you doing here? 19 verse 13. He's hiding. Why? He is afraid. He forgot that few minutes before, God has shown him his glory. So we have a very fragile mind. We come to church on Sunday, and Monday we forgot that we were in church. Did I went to church yesterday? I don't know. Because our mind is fragile. So that's why we have to be reminded and reminded. God gave you power. God gave you the authority. God has given us more than enough to do what God says be overcomers. But we have not done it. Let me give you some interesting statistics because America likes statistics. It's all about numbers here. I look onto the miracles recorded by Jesus. The miracles recorded by Jesus are 37 in the four gospel. Okay? But there are many passages where the writer said, but he did many more miracles. He could not put it all together. It's just simple. It was not that Jesus only did 37 miracles. But these are the most probably interesting recording on a miracle. And when you look onto the miracle that Jesus performed for healings, he did 23 out of 37. So Jesus himself gave you and me a command, do exactly what I have done. And do even more. So Jesus at least registered 23 miracles. If I'm not mechanically, mathematically correct, it'd be over 60% of his recorded ministry were allocated for healing. So we are being kind of a loosen up on that idea. No, healing is not for me. Yes, healing, it is a ministry that you must exercise. We all have to exercise. We all have to take the stand and say, yes, God, number one, heal me. And then, Lord, let me be a healing agent for the society we live in. He's going to do that. I know that's going to be an amazing thing. Five blind people. And I know that some people, like my friend, had that sickness. We cannot understand it all. I don't know it all. But he raised the five blind people being healed. So that means that God can do anything that he pleased. Then he had two resurrections. The biggest problem in that time was to accept resurrection. They had never seen it. They didn't know what they looked like. And so the resurrection was a very battlefield for people in the mind. The mind. No, it cannot happen. Even today, day. And so when you look on to that, then he went on and did some amazing miracle. On Sabbath, he broke the system. He broke the 
format that the church had. On Sabbath, do, do nothing. But he clearly said, you must be full of mercy. If anybody's sick, forget about Sabbath. Because that's what God basically was saying. And then clearly he said, my people perish for lack of understanding. So here's my challenge. I said, God, I, I, need, to, I need to take a stand. I, I don't want to be an observer of the good things that Jesus did. I love it. I worship God. I praise him. But there's nothing that can be compared when God used you. When God used the church. When you did not knew it could happen, but you did pray and something began to happen. So instead of hiding in the cave, you are confronting the enemy on a face-to-face -face basis. And you realize that the enemy was defeated, like my dear brother said, 2,000 years ago. So healing, we must appropriate that gift into our life. I don't believe that we ought to work only on one thing. I'm not only to be a prophet. God bless all the prophets. God bless every ministry that we have in the body of Christ. But we must bring healing. We have too many people sick. We have too many people dying. We, the church, got to get active. I'm excited when ministries that I come together and they operate in the gift of healing and it really bring me joy because I said, God, and we have seen nothing yet. So what is seem to be the problem? What is the problem? Why is it that we just don't get more active? And I will give you the reason why. Why is it that we are so limiting? God wants us to be prepared. God wants us to be released. God wants me to be anointed. God wants me to be active. And I, you see, I come to church and I thank God for that opportunity. I'm saved. But my salvation does not end with my activity in the body of Christ. Being saved, glory to God. But after we are saved, we ask to begin to work in the kingdom and fight the good fight of faith. Because that's exactly what happened with the even the 12 of spies. They had to conquer. You and I, we have to conquer. We need to tell people they need to conquer. They need to conquer that sickness and defeat the work of evil. It's a battlefield, but I know we can win it. And so, for the spies, God told them, you got to fight. Seven tribes. And every tribe had a description today. day. But I'm going to go to something that I hope we'll enjoy today. It was all in the beginning. It's amazing how many things happen in the Garden of Eden. Everything happens in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 10. He answered. This is Adam. God is looking for him. They have just eaten the prohibited fruit. They did something that they were told not to do. So here is what he said. The Lord called to the man, where are you? 
And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. That was the imposition of fear. You see, from day one, Satan was ready. Satan had no legal recourses to affect our life. He could not do anything until Adam and Eve fall. Until disobedience came forth. Until they departed from the plan of God. And so he recognized I was afraid. So why was he afraid? How did he knew he was afraid? What that word happened to be? They did not knew that word. They say they were created to live eternally with God. They were created to live in full control of our society. We are being called to live in control of our environment. But the environment seemed to control us. The opposite. So he said, I was afraid because, number one. And number two, he says, I was naked. They walk all their life with nothing. And now, shame came upon him. So the enemy brought the most amazing tools that he's using today to make you and me neutralize and not effective in the kingdom of God. And then he said for one more thing, so I hid guilt. See, when this took place, it might be not, this is how I foresee it. I don't think Adam ever said, I'm sorry. I don't think Eve came and said, sorry, Father God. We made a big mistake. They did not. And so we are today the recipients of an unwanted, an unexpected inheritance. Fear. We come so hard against us. We are fearful and fearful when we have sicknesses. First thing that happens, every time we have a sickness, we are fearful. What's going to happen? How am I going to do it? And so instead, instead of understanding that God gave me authority over my sickness, coming back to the cross when he said that he defeated all of our infirmities, that's what he said. And then he said, I took the 39 stripes, and each stripe had a name on it. Main diseases, he took it. And then he said, I have basically absorbed them in my body so that they will not affect you. So it's my mindset is how do I perceive it? How do I see it? How can I understand what God has in plan? But then we come the very important thing. Shame. Because no doubt in my mind that we don't feel ready. I done something wrong. And so instead of again, the key, instead of us going to God and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. Because really I don't see God any other way than a God that is willing to release over the church all his glory. I mean, I, a little bit, all, all, all. And, I, and, and it amazed me that we have not taken it. 
that we have not done the effort to take it and fight. Yeah, how long do I have to pray for something to happen? I sometimes don't have the answer, but I'm going to pray according to Matthew 7, 7, until it happened. Pray. He never said one time. He never said one minute. He said pray until it happened. It is a battlefield, my friend. But the battlefield, it is in the renewal, Paul said, of my mind. Because my normal attitude, my normal attitude, wow, this is too bad. This is too hard. This is too difficult. Yet God has given us a very clear understanding on Psalm 103. That he's the God that heals all diseases. He never said one disease, I cannot touch it. But in my mind, in our mind, sometimes we said, wow, this is hard. No, this is too complicated. Too many days already have gone by. It's been too much but not to happen. And so God wants to renew the mentality from being an observer into a fighter. We need to fight. It's a fighting thing. The enemy don't want you to be successful. But God said, yes. God's going to make it. I don't know if I shared the story, but... God asked me while I'm preaching to hug a man that has been brought to that meeting back in Asia. And he's really smelling bad because he had gangrene on his right foot. And not only that, cancer in his stomach. But I know he's there. I'm expecting my mind, my mind. At the end, I finish, I come and pray. Well, God did not wait. God is in a hurry. God wants to heal people. Amen. God knows your need. God knows your weaknesses. He wants to bless your life. So I said, God, would you wait for me until I finish preaching? He said, no. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, go down, hug him, and give him a kiss. I said, God, don't you know what you're asking me? He's not smelling good. I don't think he had shaved in his whole life. Go. I had no choice. I, it's so good when God says do it. I'd rather do it by my own will than by God's will. Because he's going to get you there anyway. I come, I hug him. And in my beautiful Spanish, I said, he cannot understand English. So I said, God love you. Jesus love you. I came back. I give him a kiss, and I said, God, I did it. Don't ask me again. <laughs> That's it, okay? I got it. Now, this is a huge group of people, nice group of people. I'm excited, and God got my message again. You see, we, we have the idea that I have to do it my way. The healing is not my way. The healing is God's way. And so I'm adapting myself to him. I don't want him to adapt to me. Because I, many times, I said, Lord, this is what we study in the Bible in the Institute. That's how it should happen. So he asked me to do that again. I reluctantly, but obediently, I had no choice. I go back. I hug him again. Another kiss. By now... I said, Lord, I'm serious, I'm serious. That's it, okay? 
Forget it. Before I finish, he asked me to do that again. For whatever reason, God wants us to be persistent. You see, our prayer cannot be only once and then forget about it. I believe you're going to have to pray and pray and pray. When? Until it happens. And if it doesn't happen, keep praying. Because God has a plan. And that plan will become evident in his perfect time, not on mine. But I know God is a healer. He showed me that he healed. He showed me that his main ministry was to raise the dead. He wanted to raise the paralytic people. And he called somebody called dropsy people with a body being uh, oversized by bad functioning of internal system. He healed people. So now I finish. My finishing time is there. I don't have anything to say. And he jumped. This man jumped and he got to the front. And he's shouting and running, shouting and running. And so I call my interpreter. I say, oh, let me, please tell me what's happening. He said, well, let me tell you what he said. When you went these three times, on the third time, this gangrena was completely healed. So he took his pen out and it was dry, completely, nothing. The skin came back. Wow. And then while we are looking at him, the stomach came down. Cancer was healed as we all witness what God was doing. And you didn't believe that? Wow. Did I ever pray? Did I ever say, Father God, in the name of Jesus? No, no, no. Give him a kiss. Well, God, don't change my planning. That's what they told me in America. You got to have a 10-point PowerPoint. If you don't have PowerPoint, you're not power. You're powerless. Hallelujah. That was good, huh? <laughs> so I said, okay, God, what is it? So here's the, what God, I believe, is telling me. Prepare my people. Bring the thing that you have learned. There was somebody that I had met in one of my trips. And he said, Brother Miguel, how long have you been serving God? I said, well, it's been more than 30 years full time. Maybe more than that. He said, why don't you take time? That was really interesting. Why don't you take time? And that happened to me in Singapore. Because people in Singapore are very inquisitive. They all have questions. He said, why don't you go home and write down what God gave you in 30 years? That are not written in any book. Because I tell you, there are too many things that God will do with you and me. that have not been written here. Yeah. Ooh, hallelujah. You expect this to be the book where you're going to be guided through. But the final word comes through the works of the Holy Spirit. Because there are too many. We will have a Bible bigger than this building to carry all that he did. So he left the space open. At the end of the book of John, he said there are many things that I, he did, but there was no space, no paper, no ink to write them out. So he gave you things. I had people very strongly say, well, if it's not in the Bible, I will not believe it. I said, okay, that's, yes, 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 only the Bible. I said, okay, give me the name of your wife. What is the name of your wife? Well, she, uh, Elizabeth or Patrick. And did God say, this is your wife? Did he show you here that it was your wife? He said, no. How did you knew that it was your wife? Something came here. You look into that boy, you look into that girl and said, that's me. It's my wife. I have not said anything yet. But it's your wife. 
or is your husband? Because God works through the Spirit. So here I'm saying, God, help us to understand and comprehend how do you operate. Allow me, Lord, to be the agent that you want me to be in our city. Because when we are bringing hope, everybody wants you. We are the people who can bring hope. We are not perfect, but yet God clearly said that he manifests his glory through imperfect people. That I love it. That I love it. How is magnificent God can work through me and through all of us? Because God does that. I'm in a big conference in the United Kingdom. About 5,000 people. And the pastor, very controlling pastor, very controlling. Uh, he said, Miguel, you have to finish at 10 o'clock. But I think be 10, before 10 minutes, I need the microphone. I said, yeah, no problem. I'll give you the microphone 10 before 10. So about nine minutes before the time of 11 minutes, he started pulling my jacket. Finish. I said, okay, he's British. I said, okay. So I gave him my microphone, the one I was speaking. And every time he took it, he fell under the power of the spirit. <laughs> now, he's very strong. I'm the pastor and the leader. And he takes the microphone, boom, now. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Well, by now it's 11 p.m. We're supposed to finish at 10. What happened? Everybody knows that God is in control. I got excited. My God, I said, Lord, forget about the 10 p.m. I know you are in this place. And here is a lady in a wheelchair with strap all over. The body was falling apart. It couldn't have no uh, bone structure. So she was really helped by these stripes. I don't know why. I cannot tell you. Now, I'm going to see. I'm going to tell you. You be ready. You will not have an explanation when God asks you to do something. That's what I want you to release upon your life. You're going to do something that you have never planned. You're going to lay hands on somebody that it looks impossible. Yet God is going to say, that is what I like. That's what I'm going to show you my glory. Not because you thought about it. Not because you went to school and you learned about it. It's because you know that I am God and I can do all things. Wow. And so I looked up, and I, this lady's in a wheelchair far, and I walked down this, this pulpit, and I go, and I hit it. There are some people who have some bad testimonies. They hit people. And I, sometimes I like to do that. So I go, I see the lady on the wheelchair, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I don't know why, but I can tell you, not easy. I'm not talking about religiously, please. Can I put some oil on your forehead? No, no. In the name of Jesus. You know what I think it was? I'm upset with Satan. But that upset with Satan, she paid. I run. I knew I'd done something wrong. You see, we sometimes do things that look wrong. You're not supposed to do that. And while I'm running... This girl fell off the chair completely down the ground. Now I said, God, I hit it hard. But then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's strapped 
they have some bells here. How can she go down? So I look back again. She stand up totally healed. And she start running. We were supposed to go home at 10 p.m. By 11, she's healed running everywhere. I don't know how to make it clear. When, when you are going to pray, pray over beyond the limited hours. Don't, don't because God comes too late sometimes, from my understanding. Why? Because he does not want to work in my time. He wants to work in his time, out of my block, out of my space. I'm going to work outside of my space. And I begin to realize, oh my God, now I know we, the church, have not taken this so seriously. I don't think we had believed. I'm honestly saying, including me, we are too much for the signs and the wonders. And you know how much I like signs and wonders. But I think what God wants me is to become a kind of a revolutionary in bringing restoration to the body of Christ. Restoration. People broken heart. People that have been healed. I've shared the story many times. I'm in an airport and the lady said to me, I look at the, the flight. He said, sir, that you lost? I said, no, I'm a pastor. Of course, she's making references about my fly connections. I said, no, but you are lost. You look at me. This is a stewardess from that airline. I said, what happened? Well, your heart is broken. Because you have this many problems at home. And I went through the whole process. And she cried like a baby. And I said, now God's going to bring healing to you. So here's my say. Are you ready? Did you want to bring God glory are you ready to do crazy things? Are you ready to say, okay, God, okay, God, whatever it mean, I'm going to do it. I'm at the airport, big airport, finishing revival for healing. Here comes a very tall man, tall. Pastor Miguel, you did not pray for me. <laughs> I said, what is your problem? He said, sinus. I said, I can't get to you. I'm not going to get you. I, mean, I need a ladder. He looked at me. He said, pray, please. I had no choice. I go three or four steps back. I run. I jump. I hit him. But hit him. I'm not talking about, may I play? That's what the British said. Can I pray for you? No, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I mean, when I release the hand of Jesus, Jesus was a carpenter. And every time I look at the hands of a carpenter, they're not looking like mine. I'm an office worker. <laughs> and I see the hand of a carpenter working. And I hit him. Well, this guy is flying at the airport. This is a seven feet tall man flying. What do I do? I run. Why do you do that, Miguel? I mean, you're crazy. You're not going to leave the country. They're going to put you in jail now. All that thing from the enemy. I run. And the people began to follow me. She, I said, I killed. This man is dead. And they shouted at me, Pastor Miguel. What? Pastor Miguel. No, it's not Miguel. I'm Maria. <laughs> I changed my name. He said, hey, listen, you're going to pray for everybody here before you go. I had every person at the airport lined up for me to pray. That's you, my friend. I want us to break the mold. I want us to break 
the bring the glory of God into your life and say, it's mine. I can do all things. I can do all things. It don't make sense, but I know that I'm going to do it. And when God intervened, the world had to put attention. Had to put attention. So I'm going to learn to rebuke the work of evil. Fear had nothing to do with me. The enemy would like to put fear on me, on my work, on my saying, on my sharing. Because many times God tells somebody in the congregation, go and pray for somebody else. And you, no, I don't do it. And then we come back to Pastor Mason and said, Pastor, I missed an opportunity. God told me and I didn't do it. Fear. What's going to happen? It's fear. So I'm going to have to say, God, no, I'm not going to allow fear to stop me from achieving what God wants me to achieve. I'm going to do great things in the name of Jesus. But I want you to be wild. I want you to understand your relationship with God. Now, one thing that happened, we begin to pray for non-believers. So I'm urging you, my friend, I'm urging you, find sick people. Find them. Bring them to church on Sunday. And I want you to tell them, that's how the biggest church that I know in Zimbabwe brought up to millions number, 1.7 million. He said, my church is a church where the sick get well. My church is a church where God is actively helping people. And by the way, you can bring the dead because God will resurrect them. I mean, we got to make that statement. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's not easy. It's not, I'm not telling you that it will confront. In my church, God used my pastor to resurrect the dead. Well, if he had not done it, he's going to do it. I'm pushing you. I'm not bully. I'm pushing you. I'm saying you can do it. We can do it. And when we, this has happened in a wonderful church in England. It's an African pastor and the British pastor. They're walking through London. Here comes a lady with a baby and stroller, and somehow the baby looked sick. So this African pastor uh, stopped him. He said, man, what happened to you? Well, my baby, and he gave him the, sto the story of the baby. And the British pastor was Baptist. And so he said, oh, man, listen, listen. What I want you to do, come to church by 6 p.m. because God's going to heal him. Pastor will pray for you. Well, Pastor was a Baptist man. He had never prayed for sick people. So the Baptist man told the African, go back to Africa. This is England. How can you do that? Well, anyhow, the lady came and the baby came. It's a service 6 p.m. Sunday night and the baby come. Here is what the Baptist preacher said. I lost my job. I know they're going to kick me out. Because I'm doing something that we are not supposed to do. And so the African man said, Pastor, Pastor, I know my God. That's what I invited the lady. I know my God. I have great respect for my people in Africa. Great respect from people all over the world that believe in the power of God. He said, bring him in. God heal him instantaneously. Can we risk Every service should be a service where I bring somebody affected, somebody sick. There's a church back in Indonesia that I visited because it was a big church, about 5,000 people. They collected in every service 300 sick people on the street. Purposely 
I mean, the needs are great. We have the glory of our God. And I came to that service. I couldn't believe these people were there and they all being prayed for. They being washed. They being cleaned. They gave them new clothes. And at the end, they went on to the water baptism and they got baptized. 300. So I'm saying, do we need new members? Yes. Let's get new members. Let's bless the church. Let's see how we can do this. I'll give you this latest testimony that happened in West Virginia. I've been going to West Virginia for a long time. We believe that God is amazing. We go to street ministry. There is a call day. And I don't know anybody. I know the, the people that are with me. But from the street, I have no idea who they are. Somehow they said that I picked on somebody was an African-American citizen. There was drug. It was full of alcohol. But he happened to be there because he wanted to, to eat. And in the group, we were given free pizzas and free hot dogs and water. So they came to eat. Somehow I lay hands and somebody caught him. He's in the street. He get touched by the Holy Spirit. And that was my end of my story. But yesterday I got a note. He said, Pastor Miguel, look what happened. That day, when the men fell, received the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and at that moment decided not to drink nor use drug anymore. On the spot. But not only that, he was homeless. Today, he has a job. Today, he has his own apartment. They got together with his wife. And every Sunday, he filled his car with new people. Wow. We need people like that. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. People that are anxious. There are people that are willing. People that are going to bless your life. So that's my step number one. We're going to go to two or three steps as much as we can. My idea, what I share with Pastor Eddie, is that I would like to really see a move of the spirit here that is non-equal in your life. That you will come to know that, gosh, it was much easier than I thought to do things in God. I love all that what God is doing around the world. But I would love more to see you in action. More than anything. I'm, again, I'm, I'm all for to admire and see God. You're doing great things. I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. But I want to see you in action. I want you to know. You don't have to have. You see, we just read a sign. This church only used KJB version. King James version. I wonder what was the Bible that Jesus used? Was it KJB? It was not. It was the spirit. We have to begin to understand that it's the spirit of the Lord that is going to give you more abundantly than you have ever thought and expected in your life. He wants to talk with you. If I have something to tell you in my 35 years of full-time ministry that I've seen is when God speaks to me and I'm speaking back to him. People that are sick, God tells me. God shows me. And he clearly, basically identifies for me. Not always, but in many occasions. So I said, God, what is the problem? And many times people come to you and they tell you, these are all my problems. I'd rather say, quiet. Let me, God, tell me. Because God will tell me the truth. You're going to tell me something may not be necessarily what is it. We only give portions. God give you the truth. 
And that's why I believe God's going to restore our soul. God needs to restore here a heart, broken heart. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 3 impacted me from the very beginning. This is an Old Testament announcing the coming of Jesus. And he said that he wants the brokenhearted to be restored. And then he said, those in jail to be set free. I wonder, God, what jail would it be? Henry County? Or maybe Fay County? <laughs> oh, no, it might be Fulton County. That's a bigger jail. <laughs> no, it is your soul. Psalm 142.7, Lord, take my soul out of jail that I can worship God. That's why we don't see revival. That's what I don't see, what I'm expecting to see. And that's why it's my only, hopefully, understanding why revivals goes and disappear. Why they don't stay. Not because God does not want to. Not because God wants to go to Hawaii and not come here. No, no. God wants to bless us, but we are not free to worship him. We are sick. We have so many difficult, difficult problems, different problems that we are not willing to worship God. Not from our lips. From our heart. And when we begin to do that, then I know, okay, God, all that you have done, your ministry is mine. Are you ready today? Amen. Are you really ready for God to use you mightily? Because I know that's going to happen. I want you to pay, say, okay, God, I want to be used by you. I want to break every mold in my life. And you, you will be Big surprise, really surprise, when God began to use you. When the blind will open the eyes, you can come back and say, well, he opened the eyes. Yes, he opened. So what is the key here? And when you start saying, God, renew my mind. I know you can heal. I know you can heal. And I'll tell you something really fresh, because this is really fresh. I've been three days with a sciatic nerve really bad. Anybody probably relate to that. Well, today, while I'm preaching, I'm healed. Amen. I can't feel any better. My friend prayed for me. My wife prayed for me. Sacha prayed for me. I had people praying for me. And I said, God, I'm preaching healing. I can't be sick. It won't work, Father God. Well, he had mercy. Battling, fighting, believing. Forcing it. No, no, it's not going to be. My body belongs to God. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons with Pastor Eddie Mason, Senior Pastor at Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We welcome you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would also like to bless you with a Father's Prayer from Papa Herman, an elder at Southside Christian Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.